Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast um, where we talk with authors and get to know a little bit more about the writing life and creative world that they create through a series of five questions. And maybe sometimes there's a few more questions and we just talk and have a good time and answer questions. Today, my guest is Justin Kiska. How are you doing? Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. <laughs> yeah, we're seeing, we're seeing each other virtually. We're not really seeing each other, which is a bummer, but we will eventually one day see each other again. So Justin, <clears throat> who I've been friends with for a very long time, and I just want to introduce you to those that might not have, might not have met you yet. Um, when Justin is not sitting in his library devising new and clever ways to kill people for his mysteries, he can usually be found at the Way Off Broadway Dinner Theater outside of Washington, D.C., where he is one of the owners and producers. In addition to writing the Parker City Mystery Series, he is also the mastermind behind Marquee Mysteries, a series of interactive mystery events he has been writing and producing for over 15 years. Uh, he and his wife, Jessica, live along Lake Leganor outside of Frederick, Maryland, which so, so happens to be where I live too. And that's why we've been friends <laughs> for, for so, so long. long, since the beginning of time. <laughs> now, this is an exciting week for you because your debut novel, Now and Then, just came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How so do you feel? Busy week too. Absolutely. So how does it make you feel to be a debut author? Great. Because it was never something I anticipated. It, 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 I don't want to say it was an accidental thing, but I love it. I, I mean, I've always loved mysteries to start with. You know, that's pretty much all I've ever read, even since I was little. So now to be able to come up with my own and put them out there for other people to read, it, it it's a great feeling. I'll bet. Yeah, that's exciting. But you write um, plays and, you know, you produce plays and you write plays, right? So mm -hmm. you've had you've had works of yours produced for an audience. So uh, yeah. is it a different feeling than that? Yes, it's, it's completely different because, well, I, I mean, I started out, you know, writing interactive mysteries for the theater, mystery mm -hmm. events, you know, where the kind where, you know, you come in, the audience gets involved, helps solve the, the, the case. Um, and those took off. They were so popular because that's the one thing I've learned. Everybody loves a mystery, no matter who you are, or even if they don't know it, they think they could be the next Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Everybody likes a good question, whether it's a, you know, a murder or something like that. They just are drawn into a mystery. It, it's just our nature. And so I would write these events for the theater and they were always so much fun. And they were over the top, you know, total comedic uh, for, for the actors and some of the wildest and craziest characters that you're ever gonna meet. And so they became so popular at the theater that we started doing them outside of the theater. And so now they're done at um, the Inn Boonesboro, which is owned by Nora Roberts, uh, locally on the Walkersville Southern Railroad. Uh, they're, at other events and activities, you know, that people hire uh, Marquee Mysteries for. And they're fun, but they never gave me like the closure, quote unquote, uh, of writing a full mystery. And even my mystery cast, they were always like, why don't you actually write a mystery, you know? And, and even when it comes to those, like the props, you know, it's always the detail, no matter what the story is, or if it's a play, if it's a book, it's the little detail. So I did a mystery once that was a spoof on all the great mystery writers, <laughs> which was is probably one of my favorite. 
you know, to have somebody playing a James Patterson type character or a Janet Ivanovich type character. And, you know, so they have fun with it, but for their props, well, they have to have their latest book cover. Well, so I would come up and, and make these uh, mock-up book covers and the cast would like be reading the stories on the back because full, you know, with little price tags and everything. And they'd go, okay, I'd read this. <laughs> you know, so I finally sat down and wrote my first full case. And now we have now and then, and it's published and it's out there and it's a full mystery. That's so awesome. it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun that I get to do both. Yeah. I get to do the live interactive ones that are fun and over the top, but then I get to do the more serious traditional mm -hmm. uh, kind of police procedurals for people to read. Yeah. And it's a different, uh, you know, format. So there's different skill sets there too, I would imagine. So my first question, it's sort of what we were just talking about and how did your writing career get started? So when, when was the first time you decided to sit down, I'm gonna write a play or I'm gonna work on these mysteries or you know, what, how did it get, what was the um, inciting incident that got you to be a writer? Sure, well, we bought, my family bought Way Off Broadway and took over in 2002. So a few years after that, we were looking for an interactive murder mystery to do because they had done them in the past and they were always very popular. And I said, you know what, I'll do it. I've worked with them before. I know how it all works. And I wrote the first one. Well, two years later, I wrote another one. And then I wrote more and more. And now I've got 50 of those. And, wow. um, and I keep writing. But the funny thing is, I actually, when I was, in high school, I'd write stories, not for anybody to read other than like my father for me, you know, just things that I'd come up with, some mysteries here and there. Never once thought I was gonna do anything with them. It was more just kind of a hobby, just to unwind. And so it kind of started there, but no, no, nothing ever serious. It wasn't right. until I started writing the mysteries at the theater that I really got interested in. It really started writing more and more, started learning about, okay, you know, how do we take this one page summary for these plays and turn it into 85,000 words? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you, don't you have like a, your schooling was in business or political political science, wasn't political it? Science, political science, political science and communications. Yeah. So, well, I actually, you know, after college, I worked for Elizabeth Dole. Mm -hmm. So I did a little writing there for some of the things, you know, for some of her speeches and her remarks and things. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I've, al I've always written in some way, shape or form uh, with whatever I was doing with work uh, or even in the marketing for the theater. There's so much writing that goes into that with yeah. press releases and marketing campaigns. And, you know, so I've always written, I've always loved writing. Mm -hmm. um, and now I get to really have fun creating these great stories. That's for, that's awesome. Well, we're glad you did. <laughs> I can say it's a wonderful book because I've read it a number of times <laughs> as your editor. Okay, my second question. How do you develop the voices of your characters? Um, do you keep a Bible or use some other methods to bring um, them to life? <sighs> you know, sometimes they just happen themselves. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, you come up with a character and no matter what you think's going to happen, when they're when you start writing, sometimes they say something that you never thought they were going to say, and it just there it is, and it takes you in a whole different path. Mm -hmm. And I'm always very careful with my characters because there's nothing more that I hate than reading a book where every character sounds the exact same. Mm -hmm. Where there's like you might have a sarcastic character, but then every other character is just as sarcastic in the same way, and that's just not how it happens in real life. Right. 
I like having it as realistic as possible. And you're never going to get that with every single person in a room. Yeah. So I make a very conscious effort for each character to have their own personality, talk their own way. And then that way it just makes it feel more real mm-hmm. and more natural than, you know, we're, than when they all just sound like they're just a carbon copy of each other. Right. And that, yeah, I would totally agree. And even siblings growing up in the same household don't speak exactly, exactly the same as each other. I mean, they may have the same kind of accent or whatever, but they don't, like you said, they're not all sarcastic, you know, yeah. different personalities, even in the same household. So it makes sense to and vary the, it, you know, no matter what. Yeah. And then that's, what's neat though. Then you could put in little things like for perfect example, if there are two brothers in your story, sure. They could have very different personalities to talk differently, but maybe they both have the same turn of phrase because they grew up together. And right. it just adds another layer to them as characters and people. Mm-hmm. Cause I know my brother and I are like night and day, but there are a lot of things that will say the same or will have the same reaction to give somebody the same look when they say it. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he and I really are just as sarcastic as each other, but um, so that, <laughs> that goes against what we just said, but yeah, but still, you know, there are going to be similarities and that's just neat, mm-hmm. especially if you, put it out there so that the reader can p- pick it up themselves. Exactly. And it's, a, and it's a subtle thing. You don't want it to be like in your, you know, it's very, but it, it's like you said, the natural is what you're going for. Mm-hmm. You know, the subtle differences in people, which is, well, you do a very good job at that. And you do have brothers in your book and I they're, um, they're individuals. You can tell, even though they're twins even, uh-huh. but they're very different in the way they speak and, you know, but yet similar. So I think you really exactly. nailed, you nailed it there. So that's good. We know a little bit about brothers there, so. (laughs) Okay, my third question, which comes for you, the plot or the characters? Which comes first? Well, for now and then, it was actually the setting. Because I always knew that I wanted the location, Parker City, to be as much of a character in the book as the detectives, as the other characters. Um, Now that I have the setting, the characters, because it's all the people that make up this fictionalized city. Mm-hmm. And I, I make no bones about it. I'm very upfront. Parker City is a fictionalized version of Frederick City, Maryland. Plain and simple. Because uh, living here in Frederick, it is it has such a storied history. It has so many amazing stories of its own. All the way back from the Civil War, when Abraham Lincoln visited, mm-hmm. to today, that it just felt like it was a place that had all kinds of stories and secrets that you can tell. Mm-hmm. So I started with that and made it a fictionalized version, to, you know, to fit the story that I needed. And then after that, all the characters just fell into place. I found the detective, Ben Winters, who was the perfect character for the time. And then his partner came along and they matched each other in so many ways, but complemented each other and others. Uh, you know, and then you bring in the mayor, the police chief, and it just, the town slowly started populating itself with the people. And then the stories came with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really, um, as you say, a love letter to Frederick, Maryland, the town that we love so much here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a unique place to live. It's really cool, um, you know, historic, but yet yeah, you're 45 minutes to an hour from both Baltimore and DC. So, you, you know, it's still kind of a city you know we have a lot of city influences here too but it's also a a small town so it's it's, it's, exactly it's one of the biggest small cities you're ever going to find and that's what's so 
about it because you could find so many great things here. You've got a great downtown with all these little shops and boutiques and restaurants, but then you've got these big manufacturing centers mm -hmm. and you've got these great neighborhoods. You've got Baker Park. Yeah. You know, from uh, farmers and um, the people who have been in agriculture since the county began, those mm -hmm. families that have just passed their farms down from generation to generation, to the new, <laughs> to the new mansions and uh, and mega houses that are being built. I mean, you have everything here that you could possibly want. So it's a writer's dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they've built a row of those mega mansions right near my house. So it's uh -huh. on my my running path, about a half a mile from here. Yeah, I'm like, oh, those are nice. <laughs> we're, a lot, we're real big. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we, I do love it here. And I've, I say to people, I've, li I'm, I've lived all over and I've never been happier than living right here in downtown Frederick. It's my favorite place I've ever lived. And I've lived in New York and New Jersey and Florida and everywhere. So it is great here. Um, and it's a tr it is a true tribute in the, the, your city of Parker City is a character in the book, you know, essentially. So that's great. Okay, question four. Has anything you've written surprised you? I think we kind of touched on a little bit. In other words, you had no idea something was going to happen going in and it showed up on the page. Absolutely. Uh, that happens all the time. Like I'll sit down every day knowing, okay, this is basically what needs to happen or what I want to happen or I need to get from point A to point B. But there are days that I'm, I'm shocked at how I get there. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember one day I went downstairs after writing and I my wife was sitting there and she said, so how'd it go today? I said, you're never going to believe what happened. <laughs> and like, so I started telling her as if I just read a news article about it. <laughs> and I think, I think that's why it's fun mm -hmm. because yeah, we writers, we've created these characters. We've come up with these characters. We have the story. We know where, how we want to get there, but we still don't know all the time. It, it's still surprising because these, these, characters on the page take on lives of their own mm -hmm. and it's just like we're bystanders that are just happen to be telling their story mm -hmm. i know that sounds it could sound a little crazy you know but <laughs> you don't have art without craziness i that's why i always stand by that you know that's just one of my things i always say art is always inspired a little bit at least a little a little touch of foot of crazy has to go into it you know yeah that that makes perfect sense it's like vanilla so that, not a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine because you never know what's going to happen all of a sudden some character may show up that you didn't even know was going to be in the book yeah that's so funny you're like hey honey guess what happened in my head today and i'm going to tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when my wife goes running <laughs> yeah she's like oh, okay <laughs> as long as you don't start talking to yourself all the time in there in the room you can when you're doing that i like to read dialogue out loud i think it's kind of uh -huh. a fun way to you know test it out but that's that's really funny that's cute okay fifth question I always try to ask something a little off base for this one um what did you want to be when you grew up we know uh, it's not a writer so we know no. that <laughs> all right are you ready yes believe it or not from fourth grade fourth grade <laughs> up through high school through college everything I was doing and getting ready for and going to school for I wanted to be president of the United States. That was my guess. I was wondering if that was something political would be their thing. Government and public service was always very big and very important for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very lucky. I got to work for some of the most incredible public servants. Elizabeth Dole, Jack Kemp. I mean, I was lucky to have gotten to 
grow up at the feet of the greatest generation of public servants. Mm-hmm. And um, I had always, that was my goal, getting into public service. And I, and maybe it was only up until recently that uh, I got away from that because <laughs> I don't know if I could handle going back to Washington anymore. Mm. Not the way, not as crazy as things have become. And I mean, I'm a businessman now, basically, and I like getting stuff done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. So I, I think I'll keep working on the theater and writing my books at this point. Yeah, I think, well, that's, you know, you're going to accomplish those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be able to check something off the list. <laughs> right. And, you know, not inflame people. Well, that's good. I'm glad, well, for us, I'm very happy that you're doing that choice. So that's very good. And you are a great writer. I mean, I love your book. I love, you know, Thank you. I love everything you've written that I've gotten to see over the years. So it's really, I'm really excited that your book is out and um, hopefully it gets a wide audience and everyone finds you um, and there's going to be more books, right? Absolutely. I, hey, we had our, you know, pandemic lockdown <laughs> and I uh, took the time to write the second book in Parker City Mysteries. Awesome. What's that so one called? That, so I'm way ahead of the schedule for that one. Awesome uh because that doesn't even come out until january of next year mm-hmm. and so i'm sort of starting to work on the third one in the series now so very cool what's the second one called do you know the second one is vice and virtue vice and virtue that's a cool name i like that one. Ooh, i can't wait to read it oh it's gonna be fun because well that's the cool thing about the, the the series parker city like you know you get to see parker city and all the characters in two time periods because it's a, a, a like parallel track story the first one takes place in the 80s and today. Mm-hmm. Vice and Virtue takes place in the late 50s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. So you get to see Parker in so many different incarnations. Mm-hmm. And um, and then some of the same characters are in both time periods. So you get to see them young and old. That's cool. So, so it, it, I, thought, I thought it was like a different take on some of the other murder mysteries that I've read before. Yeah, it's a really, I don't think I've seen that before really in a series. Um, Maybe it's happened, but I haven't seen it. But that's that's a really interesting con- construct. You know, yeah. it'll be fun to follow the characters, go back in time, go forward, and all that stuff. It's gonna be yeah. Well, the first book's great. So now I would like to do a rapid fire quiz at the end. Okay. You can answer however you like, or refuse. <laughs> you can refuse to answer. You can take the plead the fifth, whatever, <laughs> whatever the legal thing is. Okay. Number one, beach or mountains? Mountains. I hate the heat. <laughs> and we and we live in a mountainous area in Frederick. We do. Yeah. Um, cake or pie? I, I'm going to go with cake. I have a terrible sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. So the cakier, the brownier, the better. <laughs> I know this about you, actually. Yeah. We've, we've, been, we've been to more than one lunch together. Um, are you a morning person or night owl? Oh, I used to say that I was a night owl. I would be so much more uh, active and uh, productive at night. But now I start looking at my watch around 7.30, starting to think, is it too early to go to bed? <laughs> so no, I, th- I think now I get a lot more done in the morning. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still pretty grumpy. So don't talk to me in the morning, but I can get a lot more done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does seem to shift over your lifetime. Cause it's like when you're 20, you're like, I just want to go out and be with people at night. You know, we'd go out at 10 o'clock. I'm like, 10 o'clock, that's, <laughs> that's late. Should be asleep by then. Crazy kids, you know, I'm like when did that happen? So, all right, dogs or cats? Dogs, absolutely. Love, love my little puppy. <laughs> what's your dog's name? Piper. Piper. Oh, 
he's I think I've seen pictures of him. He's very cute. He's a little furball. He, yep, he, he's always with me when I'm writing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, coffee or tea? <sighs> that's a complicated <laughs> question, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. This is where the real controversy will come in, I'm sure. It is. I know. Nothing divides people like coffee and tea as much. <laughs> if it's iced, absolutely coffee. If it's a fancy coffee, cappuccino, lattes, I have to have my cappuccino every morning. But if you hand me a regular hot cup of coffee, I won't touch it. <laughs> it makes no sense, mm -hmm. but okay. I just cannot have a regular cup of coffee. But then come like two or three in the afternoon, there's nothing like a nice civilized cup of tea. Mm, I agree. You know, the Brits know what they're talking about. They do. Yes, I do. I like, the, I, drink, I like regular coffee. I love it. Black sometimes. And then I'll drink tea in the afternoon because I can't, I don't want to. I don't want to stay up. I want to go to bed at 10 o'clock. I don't want to be awake. I want no caffeine after that. So I'm with you on that. Well, those were my questions, but um, you already told us you're working on the next two books, which is very exciting. But what mm -hmm. else is going, what else is next coming up for you? What's going on at the theater? Or uh, the theater? Well, I oh, just got to direct a production of a stage adaptation of my absolutely favorite movie, Clue. Oh, that's so awesome. The 1985 movie with that incredible comedic cast, for years, the theater community had wanted a stage version of that. Mm -hmm. And for years, they were trying to get it done, talking to the creators of the movie. Well, finally, they put it, a, a stage version together. And way off Broadway, we've been working, we were working with New York for two years to get the rights to do a show, the staging of it. And um, now, of course, with the pandemic going on, it was a good time to do a small cast show. Um, so, and I finally got to direct this great show with an incredible cast. And we have tried to stay as true to the movie as possible. So, uh, so of course, my life entirely revolves around murder. You know, what can I say? <laughs> Good. Yeah, that so, would be a really funny soundbite just to have that phrase just like totally out of context and just put that every like that goes viral <laughs> exactly because yeah. all about murder yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what there would be so many people who would read that and go oh yeah that makes sense yeah right. <laughs> oh i know him yeah <laughs> it is a small town where it gets around yeah exactly so yeah so no so I, i've been really busy at the theater with the shows uh, with uh, with clue and um you know, we're always working on our shows. You know, we've got, I'm already starting to slowly work on things for next season, mm -hmm. 2022. Wow. You know, I know, hard to believe that it's that far out, but, you know, and then I, I've been noodling around some other, uh, some other book ideas that have sort of just come to me here and there that, well, you know, all of a sudden you just get an idea and you kind of scribble some notes down and. Yeah. And Lord knows we have time to do it these days. You know, you're in your house. <laughs> so. so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping myself busy and out of trouble. Good. Well, that's what we like. Very good. Well, it was, thank you for coming. Thanks for um, being on the show. It was great to talk to you. This, in oh, this it's always form, fun. Always fun seeing you. Yeah. Well, I, my, I booked like two hours for us to chat. <laughs> like, once we get going, we never stop, you and I. Well, considering we were talking for so long before you hit the record button. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people should have been listening to i know right well we'll, we'll let that we'll let them guess what we were talking about and who we were talking about exactly. we it'll be a mystery it. yeah yeah another mystery so well thanks again and um, i hope to see you very soon and um everyone should go out and look for the book and everywhere books are sold everywhere yep. amazon barnes and noble all the great little bookstores around the country mm -hmm. independent and bookshop.org which mm -hmm. will link you up with um your independent bookstore so 
Great. Okay. Well, thanks again. And I will look forward to seeing you in person very soon. Fingers crossed. Take care, Sean. Thanks. Bye. Bye.